the Doxed, the podcast. So then what, February 8th, uh, we, I guess the new, the concept that starts floating around is gaslighting. I think we both talked about that on our channels. Uh, I have February 8th through 10th. My account was banned again. <laughs> so there's just like, it's, we're really being, I'm being kind of regularly silenced with bans as I'm trying to talk about anything related to this, even in the abstract. And because they're, they're reporting our accounts, mm -hmm. there's they, I'm not even quite sure, I guess, Allie and followers, maybe some bots are involved in that. It was, yeah, we were getting all kind of regularly banned. Carrie Ann's account was down from that kind of thing. Uh, February 10th. Oh, this was important to me to include going back to the kind of the Jessica timeline. I took a screenshot on February 10th where the YouTube channel two weeks before that the mother of, of Jessica or P had written Jessica is my daughter. She was found deceased on the 4th of January, still under investigation. Please pray that her death was not in vain. God bless you all. And that was two weeks before. Uh, so that would have been about January 27th is when she posted that. And I think that's an important date to note just because the 23rd is the night that we called on the phone and mm -hmm. we looked at that, of those YouTube comments. And I believe there was not yet anything in those comments to indicate that Jessica had passed away on the 4th. I believe that that comment saying she had passed away on the 4th was added on January 27th. Uh, for the YouTube comments or the Reddit? I think this was under the YouTube. Okay. And that's where, if I remember, we had first clicked into the YouTube and that was kind of our initial realization that people might still be looking for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that just becomes relevant because there were these all these people trying to accuse everybody of lying and one of the central points around the idea that there was a lie was that there was weird weirdness with the dates and people were saying that she was still missing when she had actually already passed away on the fourth people were saying that she was still missing on the 10th the reason for that was because her family was informed she passed away but her family was out of state and her friends mm -hmm. who were still in state were still searching for her after the time that she passed away at, because the information just didn't get around that quickly. And I would just yeah. want to make a, a note that we, I think, wouldn't have known or didn't, may not have had access to that, at least through just the initial YouTube. Maybe the Reddit did have it, but I didn't see it in there, I don't think, at the time. I don't think that we knew on the 23rd that she had passed away on the 4th. I think that we found that out. I mean, we of course we found that out later, but I don't think that we, what I'm saying is, I think that we didn't have any way of knowing on the 23rd that she had passed away on the 4th. I think that information became known later and was known to the family earlier, but not to us. And there was no reason for us to know it at the time. Mm -hmm. And that became something people kept accusing us of lying about when somebody that wasn't any of us, but somebody that was kind of a secondary a mutual who had been tangentially involved said something that how do I even say this? They just got the dates wrong because the, the news just didn't reach everywhere that quickly. It's just, it's a, nothing nefarious is going on with the dates. Just not everyone had the same story because the news just didn't reach. Yeah. And the person had just, it's, it's so easy to, be told something by someone think you have an understanding of what they were saying and then it gets a little bit like a game of telephone and so by the time mm -hmm. somebody had said something on their platform they said something like if Allie had reported this comment instead of blasting it all over her page perhaps they could have done something about this missing person before she died and in reality she had been dead before Allie found out and so we now know this we we didn't know this at the time the reason we didn't know this is because I don't think it was public at the time. And mm -hmm. even if it was, it wasn't on that YouTube page where we clicked in and we're looking and realizing there was still a search. And yeah, yeah there was just, anyway. So I think that that was important to point I out. I don't know if there was still a big search going on, but there were definitely still people asking if she was found or people were still wondering what happened with her. 
like the news wasn't very widespread of the day that she was found yeah I still think I still maintain that and I think it made sense to say that Allie really should have contacted the police if somebody contacted her and said what they said regardless if they said they were a friend of the person that's that seems like that would be the responsible next step would be to contact the police and not to blast it all over TikTok and try to use it to get people deplatformed, even if you thought those people were dangerous or whatever you thought about them. So good. That that matter is put to rest. Um, February 13th, I posted about your book again. February 15th, uh, we were talking about Brightsided, the book Brightsided. So I think Allie was trying to kind of champion this book Brightsided and say that that was a a source for her opinion. So I read it and said something about it on my channel. And then February 18th was the thing that really, I think, again, pissed everybody off about what I had to say, maybe the most out of all of it. And keeping in mind, this started in the beginning of January. This is now mid-February. Everyone's exhausted. Everyone has not really had a chance to say anything like the the amount that they would like to say about this because we're being silenced off the platform and bullied every time we say anything at all, even if it's unrelated. So I'm getting, I'm getting fried. I'm getting done with the silencing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was a burner that posted about how Ali's parents were Trump supporters. And I had been thinking for a while, she, she would wear these blonde wigs that she was using to make fun of uh, some characters like Joe Dispenza and who's that other one? I want to say Umbridge. The- Dolores Cannon. <laughs> Dolores Cannon. <laughs> and yeah, so she had these blonde shortcut wigs and would wear them to be kind of silly, but kind of talk about these people. And I was starting to think, you know, they look like Trump wigs. And I was also starting to think a lot of these tactics are authoritarian. A lot of these tactics are silencing tactics. And they remind me so much of fascist tactics. You can get into the weeds about whether you want to use those terms outside of like specific regimes, but there's patterns. And that's that's what I've been talking about on my channel too. I kind of politicize spirituality conversations. That's <laughs> That's what I did on my channel the whole time. So uh, I saw a burner talking about how her parents are not just Trump supporters, but like insurrectionist supporters and really anti-abortion. And uh, I have thoughts about all of those things. So I said something on my channel about, did we know that her parents are Trump supporters? And this, oh, and this also very, very important context for that part is that she had been putting her parents on her lives and videos and they're with their full face and championing them all around and saying, my dad is going to, you know, my dad is going to come after you because you've been stalking me. And here's all these comments from all these people stalking me. And look, my dad is going to get you. And so And her mom was on there too. And she put her full name on there and she put her parents' full name and her parents were talking on the videos and on the lives. Maybe not her mom, but her dad was. And so I said on my, on my channel, did we know that these people are like our Trump supporters? And, and part of the reason that's relevant is because of the behavior of their daughter and exactly what she's trying to do on TikTok. And so she responds and she's, really shitty. (laughs) And she's like, my parents are good, upstanding people. And also my sister's a liberal. She says something like that. And so then I respond and I get a little snarky, excuse me. And I say, (laughs) I say something like, well, your parents are, you know, this, the reason that I'm talking about this is because there's a pattern here between your parents and your behavior. And then I said something like, now your sister does seem to be liberal, does seem to be kind of on the level. And I said, and she's really pretty too. You must be super jealous. (laughs) And 
obviously what I meant was not that Allie's ugly. I meant that Allie has a jealousy problem and her sister does seem to be very on the level and like a generally cool person. And Allie seems like the type of person who would be very jealous. And I was being a little snarky because Allie has been horrible to me for months. For months. Well, Allie herself has said that she's jealous of her sister. Yeah, no, she, followed, she responded and was like, I'm jealous of my sister. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I know she's jealous of me. She's jealous of you. She's jealous of everyone. It's a whole pattern. So then I got all this blowback from all the followers about how I called her ugly and I was being petty and mean and whatever. And uh, and then on the 19th, Allie in her continued escalation of threatening to dox my family and dox me and expose my family's address and their home address. She, because I said something that our parents are Trump supporters, she found, she went and found my parents' Facebook pages she screen grabbed like whatever she could. She found my dad at a Trump golf course, which if anybody goes to a golf course regularly knows there's like a lot of Trump golf courses. No, he didn't vote for Trump for the record. Um, no, he's not a perfect person. My family's not like perfect people. You can find weird stuff on their Facebook because they're boomers. Like <laughs> they I do mean, the they're process. boomers. You're going to find weird stuff about any boomer person. <laughs> And like that kind of, that could extend to me not talking about her parents' Facebook page, except for her behavior is like what I believe would lead people down a kind of alt-right pipeline. And I was trying to point that out. I don't think I did a great job because I think it became framed like this whole petty drama. But, and the other thing is I was, I was bringing in the term fascist. I was, I was talking about fascism and I think that's just a very triggering, highly politicized word that people just aren't willing to hear if they're not already on the level. <laughs> so that just got all spun out of control about how I was I was calling her ugly and how I was um how I was doing I was doxing her parents and whatever. No, I was not. I never released I never released any any private information about her, even I never even released any information that was off platform about her you didn't screenshot anything you didn't post screenshot likeness on your page you didn't do any of that exactly and so then on february 19th she not only blasts my father but also my grandmother because there was a picture of my grandmother on facebook where she was standing next to some stat like waxed trump figurine and like it was she had a kind of she had a sense of humor that she was like laughing at silly doofusy things all the time and she was just having a having a go, like having a laugh in this picture next to some wax figurine of Trump. And she has passed away. My grandmother has died in 2019 or yeah, she passed away of cancer. <laughs> and Allie blasted her all over her page and was being so disrespectful and saying how my whole family has Trump money and how they're a bunch of Trump supporters with Trump money. Which doesn't what is Trump money? <laughs> we all got paid to be Trump supporters, I guess. I don't know. No, which is just not the case. Just not what's happening. Makes no sense. Um, makes no sense. That whole thing was just a weird perversion of something I was talking about to immediately blast it and and turn it back on its head against me immediately with no with the context makes no sense. So she blasts my dad and my deceased grandmother and then she gets banned and i actually forget the dates of the aunt karen lives but around this time this well, i, I kind of cleared it up because there's there's definitely a lot that happened that week yeah. that is like not being covered right now because i know you're going through the timeline of like your direct experience with ali but there was a lot of stuff that happened that week yeah. between the 13th and the 19th yeah. Um, so, so there's all the stuff that happened with you, but there was also escalation between like the CPS calls because it wasn't just Michelle. It was also Carrie Ann that was being threatened with CPS calls. Um, there was, oh God, what else had happened? Oh, there was like a lot of group chat stuff happening throughout that time. Like we were being actively gaslit from the inside, not just from from Allie and within the group chat discussion 
we were trying to figure out together how do we stop Allie because reporting her videos about us individually for harassment and bullying is not getting us anywhere. If anything, her people are reporting us and our accounts are under attack. She did go private a few times here and there. She did say several times, I need to take a break, I need to take a break. And then, of course, her breaks last for like a sleep. She just sleeps and then that's her break. Like you you have to sleep to live and those would count as her breaks. <laughs> just going to bed basically but that's when the talk of the cease and desist order had come up i believe it was that week of the week of the oh, 13th yeah, i forgot about the whole cease and desist because like because people want to know all about that <laughs> i get that i just want to say i was before we move on i was genuinely upset about my grandmother being blasted it was over the line and it was not okay and that's what i was really distracted with that week was the escalating threat to my family Mm -hmm. um, and I was backing off publicly because of that. I felt threatened out of being able to talk. And yes, the whole season desist and everything was going on. But that's why I'm so focused on that. I don't mean to be self-centered. I just was genuinely deeply hurt and uh, afraid at that moment because of mm -hmm. that level of escalation. So yeah, so the season desist was a whole big deal for sure. That was a whole other thing. I, I can't really remember what was happening with me other than just hearing horrible stories about what she was saying about me in her live streams and then it was escalating with you in terms of finding your whole name and looking up your family and stuff and I was starting to get scared that she would do the same to me and my family there was the the welfare check threat dog whistle that one of her uh, followers said on a post of hers like oh Roxy looks like she's really mentally ill she looks like she's getting sicker and sicker someone should call a welfare check on her and that terrified me because I'm black I'm autistic police brutality is real lives are lost when cops are called on black people for any reason but if you throw in a whole mental health thing on top of that like it could be life-threatening for me so that really scared me and I mean, I, I don't have tons of money to take anyone through court or sue anyone. And I was like, well, if this really escalates and she really tries to like threaten my personal safety by sending cops to my home, which I live with my mother. So it's not just my life in danger, but it's also my mom. What do I do? And so then there became talks of uh, cease and desist order, which the alleged client was already cooking something up for herself on that. Also, I have to mention that there were multiple group chats minus a person. And the main group chat that I think you guys had most of the discussions and I was not a part of because there was someone in there that didn't like me, didn't get along with me, thought I couldn't be trusted or whatever the fuck. And so um, I figured out, I made a, a secondary series on my page saying, look, I'm not going to be backed into a corner. I'm not going to have my safety threatened. Like, don't fuck with me, because even though I'm not sitting on a, a ton of cash to take anyone through court, I do have options. I do have other resources. So try me if you want to be that Karen that goes up against the NAACP. Like I will, I will every social justice organization out there that i can contact i will contact and like you're not going to mess with me like this i'm not going to be scared in my own home of what some woman across the country is going to fucking do to me like no absolutely not and so i had contacted the NAACP chapter in in my city the the biggest the nearest biggest city to where i live and also in denver which i think is the nearest biggest biggest city to where she is and made contact with both chapters, explained the situation, and they started to to give me advice on what I could do and something like that. And they um, directed me to another organization that I could reach out to that specifically works with like cyber harassment, cyber libel and things like this. And they had said to me, if it escalates, if, you know, you're getting harassing phone calls, if things are being sent to your home, 
you can have like free legal representation because that's what the NAACP does. So I felt like, okay, I have them in my back pocket. I've worked with the NAACP before when I was living in Texas and dealt with like a seriously racist situation <laughs> and they were really helpful there. So that gave me some peace of mind. And then I um, filed a complaint with the Anti-Defamation League and I posted in one of the Reddits a link to that. Didn't get a lot of response. I didn't realize how non-helpful the Reddit was at that time. I was still kind of piecing it together. And then I had sent that link to multiple people individually and they also filed complaints with the Anti-Defamation League like citing what happened with Allie and her social media accounts and what they witnessed or if they had direct interactions with her. So there was like files being built up about her and that made me feel really good. And then in one of the group chats, um, it was mentioned that like a cease and desist could be a thing and it could be a group thing and someone offered to pay for that. Now, by the time this came up in a group discussion, Allie herself had typed up a cease and desist and emailed it to me and the alleged client. It was a it was a twofer. Couldn't even be bothered to write two separate ones. We were both on the same CND. I don't know why it was me and her together. I don't know why Allie paired us together like that. But I didn't think that was anything like I wasn't bugging Allie, so I didn't even care about the CND. Um, but the thing is, with the cease and desist, it's a gag order for both parties. I'm not going to talk about you. You don't talk about me. So Allie sends me that and then continues to harass me online. So I figured, well, this is null and white anyway, so who cares? So the group discussion about a group CND came up and it was it seemed intriguing to me. Like, OK, maybe this will have some teeth to it. It's it's multiple people. It's a group effort. Someone's offering to pay for it. I have these other things in the works, and maybe this would be a good idea to join in on the group C&D. But I kind of had like a weird falling out with someone in the group that decided I couldn't be trusted. And then I felt weird being on a C&D with them. Someone's hearing from someone. I can't get an answer on who or what or what was said, but Roxy can't be trusted. And I'm like, well, why would I be on a C&D with this person where they could have my whole name, my whole address? Like, that's the only thing saving me from Allie, like really harassing me and my family. And if I'm on a cease and desist order written up by a lawyer, all my contact information and my whole last name would be on that. And no, thank you. Also, it would be a gag order for me, where I could no longer talk about my own story, which I didn't feel like I could do efficiently anyway. So I kind of had reservations being on a cease and desist, the group one anyway. So when I made that clear that I felt weird about that, the alleged client offered to pay for me to have my own solo cease and desist, which I thought was really kind and incredibly generous and she had offered to do that not just for me but for my books because my books were being attacked by Allie with false reviews um, which she's continuing to do to other business owners that are a part of this and again I thought that was really kind and generous but I thought well I don't want to be quiet about this I'm being mildly quiet about like I'm not harassing her but this is a, a moment in my life that I want to be able to talk about when I'm ready to really talk about it when I'm ready to really process this, when I'm not in survival mode anymore, when the CPTSD isn't flooding my brain anymore, I want to be able to talk about this. And I don't have money to enforce it if she does choose to wipe her ass with it. So I appreciate the offer, but I gracefully declined the offer for my own C&D. And you definitely did too. I did at the last minute. And I'm not even exactly sure what my reasoning was at the time, except that it was partly an intuitive choice that was a switch up. And I was, and I think I was right. And that's all I really have to say. about that. <laughs> but yeah, I, it looks like February 20th was, was that all before February 20th before the, the Karen's court? Definitely. The CND was definitely before that, like right before 
Okay. It was either the 18th or the 19th when she was actually served with it. Oh. It might yeah. have been the 19th because I do feel like it escalated partly because she was mad about all that, which was interesting. I wasn't even on the season desist, but I was part of the target of all that. And yeah, we all were. We all got blasted for it, even though there was like, it was very clear who was involved with the CND. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just thankful that. I chose not to be on it because as soon as she got it, she made like multiple videos about it. And honestly, if the C and D itself was unfortunate, it was what it was. <laughs> it was so, not great. So then, February twentieth was the first Karen's court. It looks like, mm -hmm. and that uh, I think you might know more about that than me. I was not on it. You were. But Aunt Karen is a larger creator and it's kind of like, I don't know. I think you might be able to explain Aunt Karen a little better than me. I'm not sure. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been following Aunt Karen for a while. I never really engaged with her before this. So leading up to Karen Court, there was someone, I don't think it's worth it to name her, but there was someone who was that positioned themselves as kind of like a liaison to aunt karen trying to sort of package up this story and present it to aunt karen so that she would take on our story but weeks leading up to this multiple people were tagging aunt karen in multiple different tiktoks my tiktoks ali's tiktoks michelle's tiktok like aunt karen was being tagged everywhere aunt karen was aware of what ali had been doing long before this aunt karen court she actually popped into one of Allie's live streams and I think Allie just immediately blocked her because she knew kind of what was coming. Aunt Karen hosts uh, a TikTok court where she takes on controversial stories and gives people the opportunity to sort of plead their case with the court of public opinion. It's kind of a shtick. Um, some serious issues are talked about on Aunt Karen, sometimes it's drama, sometimes it's tea, sometimes it's like really serious stuff that people really want to talk about. But Ali's like such a ridiculous person that it was going to be kind of like a drama court. I think maybe that's what Aunt Karen maybe thought it was going to be. Like it was going to be like a drama and tea kind of thing. Not realizing like, oh, this person is horribly abusive and is one of the biggest cyber bullies on the platform. I don't think she really understood the gravity of it all. So once Aunt Karen kind of got wind of what was going on, she contacted Michelle directly through DMs and set up a time to have a phone call with her. I don't, think, also... we, I don't think that we said Michelle, we said Rosemary. So I guess to clarify, Michelle is Rose, rolling Rosemary. Yeah. I don't know. But and does she want her name on here, too? We've said it like a bunch of times already. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, they had a phone call and then uh, Aunt Karen and I had a phone call where she got part of my story. Um, not not like an in-depth thing. I mean, we're barely to the end of this and we've been talking about it for like three hours. So like, it was a very small snippet of what I had dealt with with Allie. And it didn't take long before... There was a, a date scheduled for Karen Court. I believe it was like the next day. And she makes a promotional TikTok video with a, a countdown timer of when court will be held. And she basically pretty objectively says like, these are the accusations being made against this person. Everyone's invited to join the live and plead your case. She doesn't take a side. She's like, this is what people are saying. And she, the video that she made about the accusations being leveraged against Allie, like it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, but also what Allie does is kind of ridiculous. So it was a ridiculous video with ridiculous claims because that's just who Allie is. And the, I guess the story was Allie had slept through the live. She had no idea that the live was happening. She had no clue. Aunt Karen knew anything. And she was very upset that Aunt Karen would have the nerve to hold a court about her without her consent and without talking to her about it. But the truth is, 
Aunt Karen made it like she has like almost two million followers. Like every every one of Allie's supporters had seen this. Allie always had an active Instagram. It got around to her that Aunt Karen was holding a court. And there's a video of Allie saying, I don't want to go to Aunt Karen's court. So she knew. Yeah. She knew before it was official and she dodged it. And I think it would have turned out much differently for it if she had the courage to join the live. But she didn't. But the the first Aunt Karen live, it went pretty quickly. Uh, I got to share part of my story. I don't think Aunt Karen really was taking what I had to say very seriously. Um, some of the receipts that I had that I felt were very sufficient voice notes that I had gotten from Allie when we were still in conversation. Aunt Karen would say, well, she could have been talking about anything. It's just a clip. Like, Duh, she, what? <laughs> it was just like, it was so jarring. One of the biggest claims that Allie made against me that she still makes today is that I'm a scammer and I wanted to make money off of a live event to take advantage of her and she never wanted to make money because she thought I was so sketchy. And I have a voice note of her saying, hell yeah, let's totally make money. I'm so down to make money for this webinar. And Aunt Karen literally said, well, you guys could have been talking about like, you know, like a like dog grooming. Like she could have been talking about anything. It could have been That's a so webinar about your pets. That's so like, frustrating. Oh. So the, the verdict was, this is just petty drama. This is just petty. And all of you guys are just petty. Are you tired of feeling unsafe online? Do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying, doxing, and other forms of online harassment? Then look no further than Doxed the Podcast. Visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. So... This is on February 20th. February 21st is when Allie wakes up from her coma and <laughs> suddenly finds out there was a Karen live held about me. How abusive of you, Aunt Karen. I can't believe you did this. And proceeds to make over 30 videos. Something like ugh, some of them were deleted, but she makes just a ton of videos directed on at Aunt Karen and a series of those videos was at a Planet Fitness she's on the bike pedaling and raging <laughs> on TikTok yeah. just multitasking and taking names at the Planet Fitness just screaming and ruining everyone's workout at Planet Fitness <laughs> yeah like what were the other people around her thinking at the time you have to you have to imagine she has her her iPhone she has like the white headphones and talking into the mic and pedaling and just just beat red just just stark raven mad she goes live for a couple of hours about it she reaches out to aunt karen's twin sister and says you need to get your twin in check because she's abusing people on tiktok and profiting off of my mental health and then also makes videos saying i'm going through a mental health crisis and you are profiting off of like it's just it was so much so now Aunt Karen's like, am I being gaslit? I don't even understand what's yeah. happening. How Literally. does she make so many videos about me? Is she really having a mental health crisis? Because she's functioning well enough to make so much content <laughs> about me. <laughs> and I haven't said anything about her since the other night. And I'm so confused. So I'm going to have another Karen court. And you're welcome to join and plead your case. But this is crazy. You're just manufacturing drama at this point. And part of me was like, you know what? This is really sad. This is happening to her. But also, yes, because she needs to see it for herself because it's so ridiculous. 
it needed to happen it doesn't need to happen but also like we don't want we nobody wants that to happen to aunt karen but it definitely changed the vibe of the second aunt karen court (laughs) yeah because she got to like experience it firsthand even though it was awful it was like it it she was looking at it through a different lens of lived experience at this point so she holds the second live and that one just had a completely different vibe karen was like leaning in really listening to what was going on really nodding her head along like yeah me too like i get it now yeah and people that were on the first aunt karen live were in the second people that were really rude to me in the first live were kind of like oh yeah she does have a point in the second live It was just literally people came back on to say exactly that. I flipped completely after thinking Roxy was ridiculous yesterday. Now I think she's the best. (laughs) It was, I was like, it was just, it was what needed the second one needed to happen. And of course, Allie didn't show up for the second one. And again, I believe if she had, it might've changed the course of everything. But the second live I think it was maybe 30 minutes after it. Her both of her accounts were toast after that. And I know it was for like the trade at the that point, the trademarks were purchased. Yeah. And copyright filings were sent to TikTok and her accounts were shut down after that. But I really do feel like the Aunt Karen Live definitely contributed to that. Because people that love and support Aunt Karen, they don't play around with her being abused by some random white lady on the internet like that doesn't fly with on karen's platform of almost two million people and the the stitches and duets and like the content that was made about Allie from on karen's people (laughs) just had a completely different vibe they just they weren't playing around with Allie at all yeah yeah and it was a huge confluence of different events that all that all did what they did and the two big accounts which were a combined 500,000 followers went down yeah and so and I don't think they're going to come back up maybe we'll be proven wrong but I think they're down down which was too much been, time has passed at yeah. this point and it had been such a struggle too it had been such a struggle too the problem was TikTok doesn't follow its own rules. I think we talk about that somewhere else in this project, but we really tried to go about it by just reporting. And even when the videos absolutely should have gone down, they wouldn't. And so when it finally went down for real, it was earth shattering. It was like, really? Like we, it was hard to believe because it had been such a schlep. It had been such a long, slow journey through muck to get the thing down. And it was like every day, a new terror coming, yeah. from, coming from this account. Who knew? Like you wake up and you're like, is it me or is it my other friend today? Yeah. That have to worry about and, and wait on the edge of our seats about who will get the most doxxed and but even as you know the time was approaching for those two big accounts to go down she made a third one and was building that one up pretty rapidly and like continuing to terrorize people with that third one yeah so when the two big ones went down she was still going on the third one but it was it just she was very deflated and defeated and started to lose support because i think a lot of her people just witnessed firsthand what she did to aunt karen and i think a lot of people left her side at that point because it's one thing to not believe you know six seven eight nine ten autistic people that had been abused for months at that point but i think when they saw someone that wasn't a part of any of it be abused pretty seriously unrelenting for like a full 24 hours Mm -hmm. it was undeniable what Allie does yeah so a lot of people left her side on that third account, after the two big ones were taken down, after Aunt Karen's second live had gone down and people like were really coming for her, judging her, she limited her comments for the first time ever because she loves to beef in her comments. So when she limited them, you can tell it was because she was getting heat from a completely different platform that she wasn't used to. Um, 
So she limited her comments. She had a couple thousand followers like overnight on that third account. But because she limited her comments to mutuals only, she had only followed back like five people on that account. So all of the people that went to bat for her on Aunt Karen's court because she didn't show up for herself, all the people that were abusing all of her targets and doing all of her dirty work and calling CPS and doing all this stuff on her behalf to keep her hands clean, she didn't follow any of them back. They couldn't even comment on her stuff. And commenced the flood to Allie Starts a Cult Reddit, <laughs> the support group for ex-Allie abusers. It definitely shifted things. The fact that she had all these people going to bat for her so hard, making themselves look absolutely stupid on Aunt Karen's live defending her, not making any sense, coming with no receipts, just coming with hearsay and, and taking that as the gospel, and just being made to look absolutely dumb on the live. She couldn't even follow them back. She couldn't even thank them. She couldn't even give them a space to like communicate with her anymore. And I think that kind of soured a lot of her own supporters against her at that point. Yeah, it was a massive shift. It was an energetic shift. And yeah, again, I have to be careful. But uh, I, around that time, I think we both were starting to realize that some of the people that were near us and that uh, at least I had been trusting we're really not there with our best interest in mind. And uh, one particular person that I really had trusted, I ended up catching in a lot of lies and stepped away from that relationship pretty quickly because you were there as a kind of support for me because I had been so distracted by the entire thing going on with Ali that I didn't realize that she wasn't the only extremely narcissistic person I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did step away. That whole thing, the shift happened because she went off offline or she went down or whatever. And when we all were, we should have been celebrating thinking we had accomplished this big goal there was still this daily sense of urgency and fear and what if, and it was, it was, it was starting to fray at the edges, the whole, what turned out to be a lot of like a framing of artificial terror that we were all, I mean, that I was pretty ca caught up in. I was buying into some of that emotionally just because I want to be there for friends. I want to be, I want to be supportive to people who are going through really hard times. And anyway, I, uh, I did realize stepping away that, that some of that, some of the, I mean, I think we're going to talk about it all throughout this entire project, but a there lot was a of big fat red flag that came oh, up yeah. with someone. I think people will put two and two together. But the biggest red flag for me, I think after lifting out of the guilt and accepting that, well, everyone's going to treat me like shit for a while and not trust me and not believe me because I was friends with Allie. No one believes me. So I just have to accept that. I lifted out of that after on Karen's live. And after the second live where I felt like I could speak more freely and just had more confidence at that point. And then when the goal was finally accomplished of Allie's two big accounts going down and her being deplatformed, well, she still had a third account, but she was pretty neutralized at that point. And then I think it was the next day that third little account was gone too. She was banned there too. I think that's thanks to Aunt Karen's supporters at that point. It was like, oh my God, we can breathe. It's done between direct action, between a huge creator experiencing abuse too, between trademarks being purchased, this whole collective effort where we each had our own thing and played our part, it was done. The two big accounts were down. We could breathe. We weren't on a sleep schedule anymore, like having to wake up and see what did, what did she do overnight? 
the red flag for me was, and I quote, I kind of wish she was back on TikTok so we could keep an eye on her. And that was the moment, once again, my heart sunk into my asshole because we did all this work. We went through so much abuse for so long. It took so much. It took people like lots of money to buy trademarks to do this thing just for maybe 24, 48 hours later to hear, I kind of wish she was back on TikTok so we could see what she was doing because she had gravitated to Instagram where she couldn't be watched. You know, a certain someone couldn't keep an eye on her there. And I think there was others of us who were like, who cares? No one wants to keep an eye on her there. She doesn't have a big platform there. So who cares? We don't want to do this and live in PTSD D mode longer than we already have. But wishing her back on TikTok, bombastic side eye when I heard that shit bombastic side <laughs> um yeah I want to say I wanted to say that yeah a lot of the problem was Allie but it was also that was the moment where I started to kind of look around and be like oh no it's not just like what was going on with those stalker accounts like a lot of weird shit that I think was infiltrators and I only just started to kind of notice that at that time until that mm-hmm. time I was really singularly focused on on like it wasn't about taking her down it was about it was about neutralizing a threat an active threat an ongoing threat uh that all of us once you experienced it you knew was a serious thing wasn't just as simple as ignore her she won't be ignored (laughs) It, it, it needed to happen what happened needed to happen and uh this this whole fallout None of this can possibly be sustainable, but the reality is the accounts needed to go down and they went down. And uh, anyway, then there was that shifting point where I was looking around and going, oh, wow, okay. There's a reason that it's a coalition instead of a community, right? And I think uh, Ashley, who as we've we've interviewed, has expressed a desire to come back and interview with us again and talk about the difference between communities and coalitions, which is a very interesting thought thing to maybe unpack at some point mm-hmm. in the future. But uh, a big difference is that it's not a coalition; is a group of people with overlapping with with overlapping interests, but also some interests that are not overlapping. And you have to learn to work together with people that you are not going to align with a hundred percent. And that also means that it's not necessarily going to be a super sustainable forever friendship with everyone. Mm-hmm. You're not going to come out of that connected at a soul level with every single person that was in the thing. You were trying to accomplish a specific goal and you may have set aside things in order to do that. And then you pick them back up to move on with the rest of your life. And that is okay. That's how that works. And uh, that was the moment where I was looking around and going, okay, okay, here's the people who were consistently good people who I saw Mm -hmm. do things that were brave throughout this, who I saw do things that were resilient and who I would want to align with. And then there were people that fell away because, uh, yeah, that's how it works. And those, those things came out in the wash, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was a violent wash. (laughs) It was a, perpetual spin cycle of wash um after that first red flag of we kind of wish she was back on tiktok not even a whole day even maybe just two days later i heard that and again there's still like multiple group chats at this point and the main one like a really active one i wasn't a part of still and You know, there was someone that had eyes on Allie's Instagram and saw a couple of Instagram stories that seemed very concerning. And so a whole thing happened in the group chat you were in that I was not a part of. Let me just reiterate for the millionth time, I was not in this group chat, but the concerning story was shared in that group chat. And maybe you you can talk about that a little bit. I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how 
I don't really feel comfortable going super in depth with some of this stuff just because it's all very sensitive stuff. Basically, there was a video that was concerning. I think the, the what she was in Allie was in a bathtub and she says something like, She's dead, boys. And uh it, it was concerning. So somebody raised that in the group and I didn't read it initially as something worth calling anybody over, but other people were very, there was a sense of urgency, which is part of what I'm talking about. There was some of that I think was artificial. And I don't really know to this day, I became concerned because of the sense mm -hmm. that there was a reason to be concerned. And we called, I believe it was the Erie uh, authorities. And I wasn't the one that was the main, like, I didn't really have extensive contact with anybody. I just called in and said, there's a concern. So could there be mm -hmm. some kind of a wellness check and a few other people to my knowledge, it was like only me and two other people or three other people that did that it turned out later that there was a whole separate group also directed to do that. And that felt weird and orchestrated. It was concerning enough for like multiple groups to, to do this. Yeah. So that all happened and it is what it is. I don't regret anything I did because it was concerning enough. Obviously I don't want her to die. Obviously I don't want her to be seriously hurt. And so that happened and it was, and I didn't call because I was trying to stir up any kind of drama at all. In fact, that, that stayed pretty well under wraps for a while. It only, you know, the person who leaked it eventually was the person who turned out to have leaked all the things, you know, not all of the, but plenty of things. So that is what it is. Mm -hmm. too. Enough and, things. Yeah. Yeah. That is what it is too. And at the end of the day, I don't regret a damn thing. I did. Everything was above board um what does that mean oh that february 27th was just a big shift for me emotionally because i was realizing that there was just kind of a long hard road ahead if some of the things that i had been trusting in as true were not true again none of that really changed how i felt about any of my own actions i didn't do anything illegal i didn't do anything wrong i didn't do anything that i think was me too mean to do I don't I don't think I said anything that was mean or like that was like not fair I really don't mean isn't the right word I don't think because nice is nice and mean or whatever they are that's not really what matters either way I don't think I said anything that was unfair and mm -hmm. that's remains true regardless of whatever I know now versus what I knew then so that's how it stands and I stopped posting anything verbal on my account at that time because I do feel silenced. I don't feel like that's a safe space anymore. And I feel like I was being, I was being, uh, psychologically played with. And part of the effect of that was that I was being kind of silenced and, led to and led to feel like it wasn't okay to say whatever I wanted on my own platform. So I have been just kind of posting musical stuff or very selectively posting anything basically at all, just because it feels unsafe. And because this became a project somewhere in there, I started to throw myself into this. I think we both did. And it was a saving grace because it was dark times, Harry, dark times. And I think this has been really healing just to do like this whole thing, this whole last three hours of talking. Uh, I know we were, we were planning to kind of do separate our story episodes, but I think this is it. I think it couldn't have been done any other way. And I mean, it's still ongoing, but I, I don't know. I think that I feel really, I feel really okay with what we're doing here and what's I feel okay with where it's laying, where it's falling because I don't know. I think I've been following my gut the whole time and I think that's exactly what this is. So good for us. And then in the meantime, March, uh, March 23rd is another date. That's the last one on our timeline here. Allie comes back with a vengeance and a lot of conspiracy theories. Also texts Carrie Ann 55 times and does a whole call and we'll get into all that. But basically it's just, it's just still going. And that's where we're at. Yeah, I guess that was a break between the 27th and the 23rd with Allie. 
there were other things that unfolded during that time for me with people in the reddit the reddit was a huge problem the whole time and lots of red flags came up with inner circle people and reddit people like in february all throughout february um one significant thing that happened i want to say during that week of the 25th like around that time like end of february is when uh <laughs> muggate happened muggate and- no <laughs> muggate happened like, we might have this is gonna be a 10-hour episode so we might have to do like a bonus or something about reddit i think there needs to be a bonus episode completely dedicated to reddit drama from that week because right. it was so insane the reddit rules were basically don't tag anyone of Allie's people that abused you don't talk about your abuse of Allie. like don't talk about being harassed by Allie. don't tell your victim story don't tag anyone that victimized you because we have to protect Allie and all of Allie supporters basically so if you mention anything about your own abuse or your own story you got immediately dogpiled and hit with every lie and every claim that Allie had made about you you would get it you know tenfold from the reddit people because they're just they're still an extension of her platform the people that were abusing you from her platform yesterday they're in the reddit today doing the same stuff but also including her because they're mad at her because they didn't get a follow back so it was just more alley people minions as they're often called just they just migrated over to the reddit so there was a day when I was talking to one of the mods in there because I was kind of pissed. Like, why does everyone in here hate every target of Ali except for the one? And somehow that turned into making a pinned post where all victims of Ali can talk about their stories in the comments of this one post. And also everyone that hates all the targets of Ali can also shit talk them in this one post. It was the most abusive thing I had seen in the Reddit the entire time. It was horrendous. And maybe that's what Allie's referring to when she says, you made such a big mess in the Reddit. You really fucked up. I don't know if that's what she's referring to, but the way they were treating Michelle and me in the Reddit, blaming us for things that it was just, it was such a gossipy whole mess where it was just very one-sided and still very much like Allie's platform just in the Reddit this time. And yeah, that happened that week. And it made me see like, hmm, everyone in the Reddit really hates me, really hates every target of Allie, except for this one person. And this one person doesn't really seem to care that we're all being abused in the Reddit except for her. And there seems to be no urgency to defend or correct or speak up huh bouquet of red flags bombastic side <laughs> i was done <laughs> <laughs> bouquet of red flags no that's that's all validated though yeah uh i'm sure there's more but i think we're gonna get into it basically i mean i think this is a good this is a good skeleton on which to build (laughs) i mean as a listener if you've made it this far i mean just subscribe at this point (laughs) (laughs) you're invested now (laughs) now you're invested future seasons will not be like this this season had a very specific goal and mission and it was to talk about our stories and you'll you'll see all of it unfold in the episodes that follow this is uh the introduction to the drama but as far as this kind of format as far as us like hopefully we never have to experience anything like this again but the amount of detail it took to walk through this whole timeline date by date from start to i guess to be continued because it's not really finished like i hope that's some kind of indicator that This was really serious for us. Like, this isn't just tea. This isn't just drama for us. It's like, it's our 2023 so far has been marked by this. And we're still not done. Yeah. But this season was dedicated to 
telling our stories about this moving forward. We hope to tell other people's story about this and give other people space to talk about what happened to them because so often this happens to people like this and worse and there's nowhere to speak about it. There's nowhere to process it and some people don't survive it because it's so much and it's so isolating and so lonely. So I don't want Docs the podcast to be seen as they just they just gossip about drama like no this is so serious but future seasons future episodes will be about other people's stuff yeah this is now this whole topic of cyberbullying and doxing and cybercrime is my new special interest and so much of this <clears throat> especially when it happens on social media platforms the targets are autistic people so you bet your ass this is a special interest for me because it's awful. It's absolutely yeah. awful. Agree. So 111. It's 111. There it is. Oh, wow. That's where it, that's the end. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Find additional content at doxedthepodcast.com. 